0: morning and a welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome back to our series entitled 119. Now I, assur- I assured you last week that that's not the number of messages in this series. Uh, now, it is about Psalm 119. It is the longest chapter in the Bible. And uh, I mentioned about some different uh, individuals who had studied and preached sermons on it or wrote in, in a study guide or a commentary about it, hundreds of pages. And I said, well, we're just gonna give kind of an overview of this Psalm. It's all about the Word of God. Now, let me ask you, I'm gonna follow up, but I'm gonna keep you accountable. If you were with us last week, Last week, we gave you the assignment to read through the entire chapter of Psalm 119 this week. It is 176 verses long. So do I have any, any takers who honestly said, I did that this week? Okay, I'm looking at you online. Maybe you can help out. Maybe you watched this last week, and you yourself took upon the challenge of reading all 176 verses because not one in person did. Now, I gave the assignment, so I went ahead and did it. I read all 176 verses this week. I read it kind of a portion at a time. What we said about Psalm 119 was this. It is an alphabet acrostic. The Hebrew uh, alphabet has 22 letters. And so what we see in this chapter, it's 22 sections or stanzas of eight verses each. So each stanza or section relates to one of those 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. From A to Z in the Hebrew alphabet would be like from Aleph to Tav. So All eight verses that we looked at last week, verses one through eight, the first word of that line of all eight verses would begin with that Hebrew letter A or Aleph. And so today we're going to be looking at the second set of eight verses, verses nine through 16. But what we saw last week is this is all about the word of God. In fact, as you were to read through, and so uh, let me just issue the challenge for a second time, read through the entire chapter of Psalm 119 and pay special attention to how many times you see a synonym for God's word. Things like laws, precepts, commandments. Uh, it's, It's listed in almost every single verse. There's probably only four or five in the entire chapter that do not have a reference to the Word of God. So this chapter is all about God's Word, and it's all about living it out. It's the practical use of God's Word in the life of a believer. And so Last week as we began the first eight verses, that first stanza, today we're going to begin with verse 9. We'll put it up on the screen for you. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? So different versions or translations might say, how can a young man keep himself pure? So whether this is man or woman, young or old, the application of this scripture is for every single one of us in this place. We're not exempt, no matter what you might be, no matter how young or old you might be. The scripture is saying, how can we help to stay pure And follows it up with a great answer. It says, by living according to the word of God. Purity comes as we dig into and live according to God's Word. So last week, as we began this study in this series, we looked at reactions to God's Word. How ought we to react? And we boiled it down to to three things. We said, first of all, we've got to love it, having that heart of love and desire to get into the word of God. Secondly, learn it, read, study, dig in, learn more and more and more about God in his word. So we love it. We learn it. Thirdly, live it. And that leads us into today. Today. Because how many of you, if you hear that word, to, to live it out, to apply it, it sounds good. But if we're honest, sometimes we say, well, is that a little bit broad? How do I live it out? Well, we say, well, just do it. And Last week, we looked at uh, one of the scriptures from the book of James. James says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Okay, I got I to gotta do it. How do I do it? How do I live it? And so that's what we're looking at this week. The psalmist in verse 9 says, part of purity and staying pure in the midst of an impure world is living out the Word of God. So again, you might say, well, how do I do it? How do I live it? How do I apply it? We're going to take a look at these next seven verses then in this stanza from verses 10 through 16. I think the psalmist here gives us seven real practical action verbs. Seven action verbs of how you and I can practically live out the word of God. So that is the, uh, where we're headed today. It's the process of living out God's word. I invite you maybe take some notes, jot these down. Uh, we're going to go kind of fast. I, I've already let you know there's seven we're going to cover, so let me see. At about half an hour each, uh, we should be good. Maybe not quite that long. We'll, we'll, we'll get moving. So number one, action verb on how to live out the Word of God. Verse 10 encourages us to seek. Here's what he says. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. We are to seek God. There's a lot of things that we do when it comes to seeking. If you are a young person, sometimes you are seeking out that boyfriend or girlfriend or seeking out a spouse. If, uh, if you are married, maybe you are seeking to have children. If you are a grandparent, and you know, or should I say, if you've got kids of your own, uh, maybe you're seeking some grandchildren, some individuals. Maybe you are seeking a job or seeking a, a place of employment. You're you're seeking what to do next in life, seeking uh, college or university, seeking some training. There's a lot of things we seek after. A lot of people today are seeking a victory for their. NFL football sports team, or seeking a victory when it comes to college football and those Buckeyes, O-H. All right. There's a lot of things we seek, but the psalmist says, I seek you. God, I'm seeking after you. Out of all the things we can seek, and there's some good things that we can seek and pursue and and go after, the psalmist encourages us and, and speaks to us to seek out God. You see, to live out the word of God, we must seek out the God of the word. I mean, if we're wanting to live out what God says in his word, we've got to seek him out. What does he have to say? What does God desire in my life? And it's not just the who, which is seeking God. The psalmist encourages us with the how, right? He says, I seek you with all my heart. That's a wholehearted seeking, a wholehearted search of God. Sometimes when it comes to life, we're not always wholehearted. Sometimes we can be half-hearted, Have you ever found yourself being half-hearted about something or seeing other people half-hearted about something? Uh, If you're uh, in employment, maybe there's other people who are working with you or working over you or underneath you uh, that you are in charge of, and maybe they don't give their whole effort, right? They just kind of punch the time clock. I'm here, so give me a paycheck. Sometimes, if we're not careful... People can do the least amount required to keep a job or do the least amount required to just kind of barely get by in our studies, and our classes, just barely kind of read what we need, barely study, barely, you know, get by what we need. So half-hearted efforts and half-hearted attempts many times are common in life. But right away, the psalmist is saying, God, I'm seeking you. That's the who. But he says, here's how I'm going to seek you. I seek you with all of my heart. That's the kind of desire and attitude we have. This unquenchable desire. Wholehearted effort. Are we digging into and reading and studying, seeking the God of the word wholeheartedly? Or is it just simply something that we check off a box and say, well, I guess I did it. The psalmist says, I'm doing so wholeheartedly. God, I want you more than anyone or anything else. Now, I can't answer that. I can't give an unquenchable, wholehearted desire of seeking to you. But I want to challenge us each to have that longing for him with our entire being. You look throughout the, the Psalms, and uh, you know, one of the Psalms, it's a, a song that we've sung. It's been a while. As the deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you. Longing for God, seeking God, the way this animal desires to drink water, or the way you and I uh, might enjoy a, a nice cold Mountain Dew or Dr. Pepper. Right, Bricky? I mean, there are things that we long and desire for. And the psalmist is saying, that's, that's the attitude, that's the approach of our heart towards God. Do we seek after him wholeheartedly? So to live out God's word, to practically live it out, to do it, part of it, one of those action steps is that we are intentionally seeking, seeking God and seeking him whole. Heartedly. Let's go to the next verse to find our next action step to live out the Word of God, and that would be this, memorize. Here's a, a rather familiar verse of Scripture, Psalm 119, verse 11. The psalmist says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word. I have memorized your word, God. I've put it right in here so that I might not sin. Don't we tend to learn or memorize things that are important to us? When it comes to people, many times dates are important. And so, you know, throughout the year, you might be thinking about your family life and maybe there's birthdays or anniversaries and, uh, you know, days of special importance. And hopefully you're remembering that. For, for our immediate family, um, you know, I, I look to this year and I think, okay, what's taking place? And so, our, you know, our immediate household in April, we've got a couple of special birthdays. Starts off with Shadow or Louis. His birthday is at the beginning of April. Autumn's a little bit towards the middle of April. And then, then we've got Brooklyn in May at the end and anniversaries. Ours is at the uh, beginning of June. My birthday in August. Kim's in October. And then you expand it expanded out with the you know, family members of parents or siblings, nieces and nephews, aunts and uncles. But you remember some of those special days, right? We're always thinking about, particularly in the summertime, Hopefully we'll be able to head to family camp this year, but it always reminds us of when Kim and I met. July 3rd, 1999, at Big Prairie. Right? I mean, there are certain things you remember. It's, it's meaningful, it's important, it, it's memorable to you, and so we remember them. How about scores and statistics? If, if you're into sports, I, I am. A number of you are. You're following some of your teams. But I remember, even as a teenage boy watching football back in the 1980s, I, was, I would start to remember which teams faced in the NFL for the Super Bowl. 1985 was a, a big year. The Chicago Bears defeated the New England Patriots. 1986, it was the New York Giants and on and on and on. And for for a season there, I could remember who was in the Super Bowl and who won, who was in the World Series and who won, who won the NBA, who won the college, who won this, who won that. And, And you begin to remember batting average and home runs and touchdowns. And I could probably look back right now in the recesses of my memory and come up with the starting lineup for my St. Louis Cardinals baseball team in the 1980s. Leading off, Vince Coleman. Number two, Ozzie Smith. Number three, Willie McGee. Number four, Jack Clark, and on and on and on. Why? Some of those things that you are interested in finds its way into our memory. We, We tend to remember what's important to us. Well, the psalmist says, I've hidden your word. I've memorized. It's important to me, God. It's meaningful. There's value in the word of God. Yes, people are important, and birthdays and anniversaries are special. Learn and remember. And hey, sports and other things are great, but are we learning and remembering those things but not God's word? The psalmist says, I've hidden your word. I've put it into my heart. I've learned and memorized it because I treasure it. It's important to me. And when we do so, the psalmist says, in a sense, it becomes a weapon against sin. He says, so that I might not sin against you. The old phrase or the old statement says this, sin will keep you from God's word or God's word will keep you from sin. The question is, which is it? The psalmist encourages you and the psalmist encourages me to memorize, to hide it in our hearts. It's something that's important to us. But we also, we tend to memorize by repetition. Because sometimes people say, I just, I don't have the memory for that. I don't have the ability for that. But then, isn't it amazing how when a song comes on the radio or a song pops up in a commercial, there's there's a number of songs that are coming out on some of these commercials that were from early 2000s or 1990s. And they're, they're just using sometimes the music or sometimes a little bit of, and you're like, oh, and pretty soon you hear that, and you can start humming or singing word by word by word. Maybe you've got songs from, and it's amazing as I continue to get older and older in age uh, with all of us here. You know, I find myself doing what I hear everybody else doing. When I was a kid, it's amazing. You think about the 90s and the 80s, right? 80s were uh, you know, kind of my childhood years. 90s were my, my upper high school and college and early ministry years. 80s and 90s are somewhat of classic music. But you hear some of those things, and you can remember some of what was popular in the world. You, you heard that song, and, and uh, you remember a number of those things. You think about... TV shows or movies. Uh, we came through Christmas not too long ago, and some of those favorite Christmas movies I, I mentioned in our household, elf. The comedy of elf, and, and we watch it at least once seemingly every year, and so we've watched it a number of times. And that or some other word or some other movie that you enjoy, you know, you'll you'll find yourself blurting out the phrase before they say it. Because you know it's fun, and you're gonna laugh along with it. Why? because you've seen it time and time again. Uh, repetition for children. You know, when, when our girls were little and, and a lot of Disney Junior and Nick Junior, some of those shows, it was repetition and some of the little, uh, the songs that they would sing and things that they would teach. You see it, you see it, you see it. You hear it, you hear it, you hear it, and it gets into here. Commercials know that. that that's why they, they play them and play them and play them. I would say in our household, Brooklyn's probably the, uh, the maestro when it comes to commercials. A, a commercial will come on, and she'll quote it, and I'll be, how'd you know that? Well, I've seen it. Well, like, this is my first or second time, and she already knows it. They know that when you see it, and when you see it over and over again, it, it kind of sticks with you, right? So repetition. You know, many of the, the catchphrases, many of those Themes when it comes to commercials, they know that it kind of gets into your mind and into your heart. How much more important than a sporting event or than a a piece of equipment, than a car, than a burger, uh, than a can of soda is the word of God? Let's read and study and learn and hide it in our heart. Now, it it can take some work. It's not automatic. It it would be great if we could just kind of plug ourselves in, you know, digitally like some of the modern electronics and just download all of God's Word in here. It's not automatic, but it takes a little bit of intentionality to read, maybe reread and learn. With repetition, let me just encourage you, A verse from God's word about hiding his word in your heart is a great word and a great verse to hide in your heart. If you're wondering, what should I memorize? Here's a great one to start. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Chances are, I've said that three times in a row. Chances are, if you didn't already know that verse, you're getting pretty familiar with that. Memorize. Hide God's word intentionally in our heart. As a young boy Junior Bible quiz was something I took part in, and a bunch of the scriptures that I have learned and remember even to this day started as a boy. Ministry of Sunday school classes, boys and girls' ministry classes, adult classes, opportunities like that to hear and learn and understand and memorize God's Word, it's important. With God's word in us, we can recall it in times of trial and moments of need and temptation. Remember Jesus Christ in the New Testament? Tempted three times by the enemy. Each and every time, what did he say? It is written. He quoted the word of God. Jesus Christ quoted the Word of God. And so it's a great challenge and encouragement for you and I. I read about a missionary with the name of David Livingstone. At the age of nine, he won a Bible from his Sunday school teacher because he memorized the entire chapter of Psalm 119. Memorized the entire chapter. The challenge is for us just to read through it, he memorized all 176 verses. I'll put it out there. You memorize all of Psalm 119, I'll buy you a Bible. I'm going to get a nice one. But at the age of nine, he was hiding God's word in his heart. There's no age limit or age requirement on memorizing or hiding it. As a child, it's great to do. As a teenager, it's great to do. Young adult, adult of any age, let's do what the psalmist says and hide God's word in our heart. So to live it out, let's memorize it and hide God's word. So we seek, we memorize. Number three, the psalmist challenges us to discover what God has to say. Verse 12, praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. He says, God is to be praised. But he says, teach me. I want to discover more about you. I want to discover more about your word. I want to discover more about what your word says to me. So if we're to discover, that means hopefully our heart and our attitude is that of being teachable. Teachable is the opposite of knowing it all. How many of you, you've encountered somebody at least once in life who's kind of been a know-it-all in some area? Maybe you know a little bit about sports, but this person, whatever they say, goes. You know a little bit about uh, you know this television show, or you know a little bit about this, but this person, whatever they say, they know it all. And they don't really seem as open to learn. The psalmist here, he's not saying that he's a know-it-all. He comes wanting to discover. He comes wanting to be teachable. He says, God, would you teach me? Teach me your decrees. I'm open. I'm teachable. I want to learn what you have to say. And God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, over time, can do just that, to guide us into learning more from the Word of God. Listen, there is so much to, to learn from God's Word. Whether you're reading through maybe for the very first time, or maybe you're reading through for the 51st time, God, help me to have that teachable heart. Help me to have that teachable attitude that I'm ready to discover. I, I've, I'm, I've got an attitude that says, as I read and as I study, I'm going to discover something about you something that that you want uh, in me or for me or want to do through me, God, I'm ready to discover. I'm going to humbly submit to you and discover all that you have. So to be able to live out God's word, we've got to discover what's in it. We seek God. We hide his word in our heart by memorizing it. Fourthly, I think we need to declare. Here's what verse 13 says. The psalmist says, with my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I declare, I recount, I speak, I share it. One of the best ways to live out the word of God is to share it with others. He says, I'm recounting everything that comes from you. So God, I'm seeking you, I'm gathering and and learning from you but now I'm going to recount it, I'm going to share it, I'm going to speak it with others. In the midst of a rather crazy world, in the midst of a challenging 2020, in the midst of uh, what's begun to be a, a rather interesting 2021, in the midst of coronavirus, in the midst of politics, in the midst of everything taking place in our world, what does not change is the power of the Word of God. And we can share the good news found in God's Word. Whether it's as simple as sharing a verse of Scripture on social media, whether it's as simple as sharing a verse of Scripture personally with somebody else, And you see, when we hide God's word in our heart, he'll bring that to our our mind and to our remembrance, maybe to share it with somebody in the midst of a difficult situation. Maybe he brings that word or that verse to mind, and it's an encouragement. Maybe it's it's to help in peace in, in the midst of a time of loss, in the midst of a time of hardship. We're able to declare and share God's word. Now, what does he say? He says, with my lips, I recount all the laws that come out of your mouth. I'm ready to share everything, God. There's so much stuff in here. I'm not just going to share a tiny portion. There's so much good news in the word of God. The psalmist says, I'm ready to recount it and share it all. We learn about it. We try to live it out, but then we, we give it away. We share it and declare it. God's word is so good, let's not keep it to ourselves. I mean, that would be uh, silly of some nature to say there's so much of a wealth of good news in the word of God, but I'm gonna read it, I'm gonna study it, and I'm just gonna hold on to it. We're to share it. Don't keep it to ourselves, give it away. Share the good news of Jesus Christ. So part of how we live it out, some of these action verbs, number four, is that we share and declare what's in it. Number five. Another good one is to rejoice. Verse 14 says, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. We like to rejoice, Joy, rejoice, having fun and energy. But he says, I rejoice in following your statutes. In other words, he's saying, there's joy for me in being obedient. Do we always have joy in being obedient? If we're being honest, probably not. If we're being honest, don't we sometimes kind of half-heartedly obey don't we sometimes kind of grudgingly obey? I mean, whether it's a child grudgingly obeying a parent or a worker grudgingly obeying a boss or a Christian grudgingly obeying what God's Word has to say, sometimes the attitude is grudgingly. It's, it's not joyfully. We don't rejoice with a big smile at obeying all that God says. But part of living out, the psalmist says, it's rejoicing. And check out the the rest of that verse. He says, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I mean, if you had the publisher's clearing house people show up at your door with one of those giant four-foot checks, you know, that had how many million of dollars but your name on it, if they showed up at your door with balloons and a giant check and cameras, would you be a little joyful? Or would you grudgingly growl and snarl and just sort of kind of accept it? I imagine there might be some rejoicing at some kind of riches as what would be proclaimed in that moment. And the psalmist says, that's the attitude I have when I obey your word. Man, that's a challenge for you and I to live out the word of God in rejoicing. That we are excited to obey. We are excited to follow what God has for us. See, the fact of the matter, there is so much in the word of God for you and I. It's able to lead and guide and direct us if only we would get in it and if only we would live it out and follow it. And part of what we are to do, the psalmist says, is to rejoice in it. Two more here from this segment. Number six, action steps or action verbs of living out the word of God is to meditate. Verse 15 says, I meditate on your precepts And consider your ways. Now, when you hear that word meditate, we often have a little bit more of the modern interpretation of that or maybe some of the Eastern interpretation of that where you might think, well, to meditate is to be quiet, to sit cross-legged on a little mat, holding your, your hands out and chanting, Aum! So many times when we think of meditation, that's what we think of. It's clearing our minds. It's emptying our minds of everything and just sitting and thinking of nothing. That's not the biblical version or interpretation here of meditating. Rather than emptying our heart and mind, meditation is filling our heart and mind with God's word. It's saturating our heart and mind in the Word of God. Not sitting and just thinking empty thoughts, but reflecting on and filling our hearts and lives with God's Word. You see, the Word of God is not something that we skim through once and never get back to. It's not like some of our school textbooks. And you know, you did it. At some point in time, uh, back in class back in high school or back in college, or you had assignments and you were to read certain books or read certain textbooks. And you go through a textbook or you go through a book and you kind of struggle to get through it. Maybe you read it little by little and then you get to a point and you forgot about it. And so you're kind of of working your way through or skimming it. When it comes to God's word, it's not something we just read once and stop. Now, in my, in my office, I've got a ton of books. There's a lot of books that I love to read, and, and my, my desire, my, my wish list of books kind of keeps growing. I'll, I'll find books and, and purchase books, physical books or, or digital books, uh, maybe through uh, the Kindle app. And so in my office of books and books, there's, there's three categories of books. Probably the largest category are books that I've not read. Because there's a whole bunch, you know, I've, I've got them stacked sometimes precariously in the office. You know, I find a book, I find a book, and, and I like to read, and I also like deals. So, you know, maybe going to Ollie's, you know, you find this $2, $3. Oh, yeah, so I grab one and grab one, and pretty soon I grab one, and someone gives me some. And and so the largest category I've got are a whole bunch of books I've not read. Then there's a a pretty substantial category there of books that I have read. Read a bunch of books, and, and I try to, you know, put them in a different spot, you know, amongst the piles of books. But the smallest category of books are the books I've read more than once. Because, you know, typically I'll read through the book and, and you know, try to glean and get from it what I can. And usually I'll maybe try to put at the beginning of the book when I finished it or when I read it, just as, as kind of a remembrance that you actually did read this one. Because you know, sometimes they don't always stick with you. Did I read it? Did I not? Well, let me look at the front. There's a handful Literally a handful of books um, you know, that, that were maybe very meaningful. A couple of John Maxwell leadership books. A couple of uh, nonfiction Andy Andrews books that I really like. There's a handful I've read more than once. But typically, we read it, we complete it, we check it off, and we say, good, I'm done. But when it comes to God's Word... This is not a book that we just kind of barely get through and then we place it on the shelf and say, good, I'm done. We are to continue to read and study. We meditate. We allow God's word to fill us. I've mentioned my goal, my challenge is every year reading through the Bible, completely through, and I go into different versions or translations. I've read 10 or 12 different versions or translations, reading one uh, for the first time this year. 2000 was the year I first started jotting down and documenting that I read through the Bible. I know I read through before that, somewhere probably as a kid or teenager, somewhere no doubt in my college years or early ministry years, but I did not write it or document it. So I'm not gonna guess, I'm not gonna claim it, but the year 2000 was the first year. So this is... The, what is that, 22nd, 21st year, 22nd year of reading through God's word. And as I read God's word, there's still stuff that hits me as if I'm reading it for the first time. So there's so much in here, we are to meditate, to continue to to keep it in front of us. Not just read it once, check it off and forget about it, but read it, reread it. Maybe read it in the morning, highlight a verse, bring it back up uh, for noon or uh, afternoon or before going to bed, but keep it in front of us because God's word has so much to say. Now, the word meditate, there's a couple of interesting connotations of that, one of which it's used of, well, a cow chewing the cud. We're to, you know, meditate, chew on, and and not just, you know, sometimes we inhale our food. And you might have people say, you know, slow down, enjoy your meal. You're like, I am, I want some more. It's used of this idea that we're we're chewing on it, we're carefully contemplating what it has to say. God, I want to I want to spend some time and, and keep it before me throughout the day. It's also used of chattering like birds or kind of the mulling it over, thinking about it in our hearts and in our minds. We've got that opportunity. Maybe, maybe you read in the morning and you highlight or you underline a verse or maybe even write it out by hand. And go back to that a couple different times throughout the day. Maybe speak it or, or say it out loud or, or use a verse to try to memorize, but to meditate is to continue to keep it before us. In fact, Joshua 1.8, instructions as the Israelites are getting ready to enter the promised land, God said, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. We like those words, prosperous and successful. But the instructions given on how to achieve that? is to meditate on God's word, keeping it in front of us, keeping it in our heart, keeping it in our minds, keeping it in our life. So to live out God's word, we meditate on it, and we keep it before us. Finally, number seven from this passage is to remember. Verse 16, he says, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. I delight in them, I will not neglect. In other words, I will remember. I'm going to meditate on it, but I'm going to remember what you have to say. Now, if we're being honest, delight is not always the way that we might talk about the Word of God. And if we're being honest, there are certain books of the Bible there's less delight in than others. You know, if you're starting in Genesis and reading through just book by book, Genesis, lots of action. Exodus, bunch of action, Leviticus, ooh, laws, infectious diseases. You know, all of these laws and laws and laws. And, and if you're reading through in order, many times people kind of get stuck in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy before then some of the action of Joshua and Judges and Ruth. He says, I delight in your decrees. I delight in what your word has to say, and I won't neglect them. In other words, don't forget to remember the word of God. If we wait until there's a delight to dig in, maybe we don't dig in. So let me flip it. Let me encourage you. As you begin to dig in, I believe you will experience the delight of God's word. Sometimes maybe it's just that little bit of discipline, that little bit of nudge to get us going, getting us into God's word to achieve what the psalmist says, delighting in his decrees. So this portion of scripture, he gives some very practical action verbs for you and I to live out God's word, helping us to live a life of purity. He encourages us to seek to memorize, to discover, to declare, to rejoice, to meditate, and to remember.